This week on NRL Teams, the Broncos off the mark, but on the road. We bring you the latest ahead of their clash with the Storm. With Kiri gone for the season, can a young gun keep the Roosters' title hopes high? After a brutal weekend, the Raiders and Sharks look to regroup. The Cowboys are hurting too. Will the new coach ring the changes in Townsville? And with other clubs circling, is it time for the Rabbitohs to show their captain the cast? Welcome to NRL Teams. I'm Neve Owens. It is awesome to have you with us ahead of Easter weekend, round four, and after round three with a number of injury concerns that could have season-long ramifications for a number of clubs. I have a feeling when those teams drop in a few minutes' time, we're going to have changes galore to step you through. In charge of that process is Brett Kamali and Robbie Farrell. Lovely to see you both. Hello. Afternoon. Afternoon. How good? How good? The world exploded last week, didn't it? Obviously, uh, injuries big part of the, the talking yeah. subject. We're going to get. We are going to know there's a few changes coming, but. Sunday afternoon, the West Tigers <laughs> produced a victory. Mitchell, don't worry about Mitchell Pearce's 300th game. I think I was the only one that tipped him. Yeah, forget my tipping. Robbie was absolutely fine. You mentioned that the world ended on Saturday night. It was a really big weekend yeah. and it has led to an important meeting today with the ARL Commission. We are just hearing, and this news is just dropping, that there has been a rule change that they will be considering over the coming weeks that they will take to the RLPA, that they will take to clubs, and it involves concussion and it involves... An 18th man, which Noddy, you introduced us to last week. Now, it looks like when three players from the same club are ruled out as a result of a failed HIA, a team will be able to enact an 18th man. Noddy, how often do you see, think we will see something like this? Keeping in mind, we certainly won't see it before round five. Yeah. How often do you think we'll see something like this enacted? Well, I think it's a good step forward. I think it allows a team not to have what happened on Saturday night with the Cronulla Sharks that finished with 13 for the whole second half. And unfortunately, there's we want it to be a tough sport. We want it to be a bit of fatigue. We need it to have a, a, a war of nutrition in some regards. So um, obviously that emerging player might also be the young kid, the development player, the rookie. And I, and I think they're going to make it rotating as well. So that you won't have that poor 18th player just get a, minimum, a, a tiny bit of time. But as I said, on Saturday night, definitely you'd think it was going to happen. And then the two games on Sunday afternoon, there was... No drama. So I, I don't think it'll happen too much, but I think it's a good thing to have it there if it is required. Yeah, look, I'm probably of a different opinion. I think they've probably missed an opportunity here. Like, And we spoke about it last week or the week before where I would have thought an 18th man would have been there in in case of foul play. Mm. You know, I think when a team, you lose a player for a match and then the, the team that gets rewarded is the guys you play the week after. So I would have, I would have thought an 18th man would have been there in terms of a foul play, not so much a HIA. HIA is a part of the game. It's going to happen, and it's very rare you see a team lose three players in one match from HIA. I know it happened on the weekend, but I, I don't think it would have happened very often. So I don't think this rule is going to come into play that much. I think they've missed the boat, they missed the boat by not allowing it for, for foul play. I, I don't, I'm just curious whether that... By making this the rule, it, it takes away the ability for a football club to sometimes bend the rules a little bit or use those rules in your favour. Exploiting it was a concern. Yeah, that's right. And, and now it's pretty black and white, you know. It's, and as you said, I would. I know it's hard for the ref to be put everything on charge because I think foul play should be why the 18th man's in the game. But then the, the bunker or the match official watching the game can also tip the ref up a little bit. So I'm curious whether they start saying it's a HIA if you rolled your ankle in bits and pieces, which, which then if you fail that, that becomes one of the three players that have failed HIA. So I think we've always got to be mindful of player well-being is very important. Fans being able to watch... Well, they're going to at least have 15 players in every team going forward, not 13, but obviously yeah. not exploiting the rules is very important as well. 
So it is an element that will now be taken to the RLPA and to clubs. How do you think it's going to be received, Robbie? Look, I think it's better than nothing, to be honest. Um, and I think, like Noddy said, I think clubs, you know, the fear of clubs exploiting it is probably taken out by the fact it is an emerging player as 18th man. You haven't got a, a seasoned veteran as 18th man. The, guy, the game might be in the balance and you think, oh, we might need you know, a bit of X factor so we'll, we'll fake an injury and get him on. Whereas you're, you're throwing a kid in there um, in, yeah, into the heat of battle. So I don't, I don't see teams trying to exploit the rule as much as, as we would have thought if it hadn't been an emerging player. Look, I think they'll, they'll sign off on it, but I think yeah, there will be a bit of concern that, about the, the fact, as I mentioned, uh, the foul play sort of yeah, thing coming into play. The other big news this week, sorry Noddy, is the fact that Brisbane, the Broncos have had to leave Brisbane as the town city goes into lockdown and obviously questions about whether or not Brisbane will then be able to fly into Victoria to play their game against the Storm on Friday night. We know that a decision will be made on that front by midday tomorrow, which is Wednesday for anyone listening later on on the podcast. How disruptive is that for the Broncos side, Noddy? We know it's a young team. Yeah. They got through pretty much unscathed in a COVID sense in 2020, as much as any teams managed to across all sport. How do you think they'll respond to the challenges this week? Yeah, it's a tough challenge. I think sometimes if you're only going into camp for a couple of days or one week here and there, we, we saw what it did to the Warriors. It did great things for the Warriors last year. Sometimes you can get away, you can focus on your football, um, you got more time to hang around your teammates, you get to know them. They're going through a huge rebuilding phase, the Brisbane Broncos. They've got a new coach. I'm sure he would love to have more time hanging out with the players, get to know them. And, and we heard the Warriors players talk about it last year. They, they, they become a bit more professional because they had more time to concentrate on their preparation, their performance, and it, and it made them very consistent. All right, we'll talk a bit of footy, shall we? Yeah, Let's head a, look, look ahead to round four because we have got those teams dropping in and round four will kick off on Thursday night at 8.05pm at Lotto Land with the Seagulls hosting the Penrith Panthers and just one change to Des Hasler's side and it's on the bench. Prop Morgan Boyle comes onto the bench. Toff Sipley drops out of the 17. Josh Schuster stays in the pack and he's well up for it, isn't he? But Des pretty low on second row options at the moment. They are up against the unbeaten Penrith Panthers. Dylan Edwards out for a month with that hand injury. So a little bit of a backline reshuffle. Stephen Crichton moves to fullback. Matt Burst and keeps his starting spot, this time in the centres. Nathan Cleary is back from concussion. Tyron May stays in jersey number 14. And prop Spencer Laniu left the field with a shoulder injury against the Storm, but did return to the action later on and he's kept his interchange spot. All right, Manly coach Des Hasler has had a tough start to the season by anyone's reckoning, but unsurprisingly was still pretty bullish after last weekend's loss. They are. They're disappointed. Um, uh, and but um, uh, uh, such is the uh, this quality and, and this quality fight in this side. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll find out. We'll dig our way out. You watch. Fans will be happy enough to see that from Des Hasler. What does digging their way out actually constitute? What does it look like, Noddy? No, they're up for a tough challenge. Unfortunately, we know they've actually told Marty to power the last few days that he can look elsewhere, so there might be a bit of unhappiness there. They just... They don't have depth. They've no. certainly they're lacking players. I think Kieran Foran's under a sort of fair bit of pressure. Um, John Josh Schuster, I think, is a player of the future. I think he should be playing probably five eight. But Des Hazel's a, a career coach. He's a premiership winning coach, so he knows what it takes to win. Uh, and they'll work extremely hard. He summons all his staff, I believe, on Saturday to to come to training and watch and try and get some answers. So searching for answers, um, you know, uh, okay. 
rarely does a bad roster team beat a roster that looks exactly like yeah. Penrith. So it's going to be a tough game on Thursday night. Yeah, I think the key word you know, Des mentioned there is fight. And I think they're back at home this week against uh, you know, last year's grand finalists. They have to show some fight mm. for the Manly faithful. Another 38 points conceded on the weekend. We've spoken about how poor their defence has been for probably the last nine months. Um, and, they're, and they're coming up against the formidable <laughs> side you know, this Thursday night. So you know, they, did, they just got to get back to Brookie and fight and you know, tooth and nail to come up with some sort of you know, result on, on the night. Let's look at that side that they're up against in the Penrith Panthers. They've shown why they were absolutely right to keep Matt Burton close by. Has a massive boot on him. He's there in the centres this weekend, Noddy. What does that do? How does that change the Panthers' attack? Well, it doesn't change too much. Obviously, Stephen Crichton is a great athlete, so he gets him to move to the fullback position, so he's probably going to get more ball yeah, yeah. and more ball yeah. with space in front of him. So we sort of all thought that Charlie Staines would move to that fullback position because that's the position he'd come through. But um, leave the kid on the wing in his first sort of full year at the moment. Um, it's a great promising sign that you know, they can move Matt Burton to the centre position. He was offered yeah. as one of their best players last week um, against the Melbourne Storm. You're right, they're allowed to keep him. He's a good runner of the ball. Uh, I'm just wondering how Nathan Cleary comes back, who's probably the the most informed player in the competition and Stephen Crichton at fullback makes him more dangerous which is hard to believe you could do that to Penrith. Yeah I think the challenge for Crichton at fullback is going to be the defensive workload organising your numbers and we've seen how good Penrith's been to start the season with their defence and uh, you know and, and I, I'm a believer of your defence starts from your number one and how well he can organise your numbers. We've seen how Manly have struggled without Tom Trebojevic yeah. at the back so the challenge for Stephen Crichton is uh, as I said, the organisational work that he does for the defensive line. But uh, speaking of defence, uh, you know, their efforts last week, Kikau's effort at the end of the game was incredible. And, and those sorts of efforts win premierships. You know, and that's, mm. that's what their team is built on at the moment. And that's why they're going so well. Let's head to Good Friday, shall we? And an afternoon kickoff for the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs to take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs, 4.05pm at Stadium Australia. We know the Bulldogs back into the same bubble conditions they played under last season. They will have COVID tests after Thursday's captain's run, after, of course, playing in Brisbane last weekend. So, a switch at the back for the Bulldogs. Nick Meaney will move into fullback with Corey Allen on the wing. At 5.8, Lockie Lewis gets his first start of the season after a blinder in the New South Wales Cup for Mounties last weekend. So Jake Avarillo drops out of the 17. Jeremy Marshall King is out with a broken foot and could miss up to eight weeks. So Sione Katoa will start. Skipper Josh Jackson is suspended for a crusher tackle. So Renoff Tony gets his chance at lock. And Jackson Torpenay is in jersey 14 with Dean Britt coming onto the bench. Alright, let's look at the visitors. Wayne Bennett has named an unchanged 17 and not many sides can claim that this weekend. Josh Mansour has maintained his spot on the wing. Rabbitohs pack has been firing hasn't it? So Jai Arrow remains a powerful force off the bench and the Bulldogs will have plenty to contend with, particularly down that dangerous Rabbitohs left edge. Let's hear from the Bulldogs coach, shall we? And Trent Barrett spoke after the loss last weekend and he certainly was not putting the blame solely on the shoulders of his new half. Your halves are pretty easy to blame um, when the attack falls down, but there's a hell of a lot needs to go on around a halfback that needs to, to happen for him to play well as well. The attack revolves around 13 people on the football field, and if your middles aren't doing their job, or your hooker's not doing his job, or your back row's not leading properly well, the whole thing falls down, and that's where we're at at the moment. We were tonight, certainly. Lockie Lewis has had a chance in the halves before for the Doggies in previous seasons, but this is his first time there alongside Kyle Flanagan. Noddy, how does that change the Bulldogs' attack? Well, it should make him excited. We saw Lockie Lewis come in uh, over the last number of years and they would win uh, matches at the end of the year with Lockie Lewis playing us. He's a guy that we always 
make mention that he has a lot of time on his hand. You know, great kicking game. Um, he takes a little bit of pressure off Kyle Flanagan. You know, as you said, like Jake Avarillo, who was there, was sort of not really a, a game manager or a kicker as well. So it takes a bit of pressure off Kyle. It's a different quality side. And again, it's going to take Trent Barrett a long time to get his team to play the style of foot he likes. They've got a new combinations. Um, it's very interesting because these two, Lewis and Flanagan, will definitely know that Matt Burton's coming next year. And you think Matt Burton's guaranteed to get a position. So these guys have got to this season put their hand up and say who wants to play in the halves with Matt Burton next year. So I, I think both these guys will be looking for a, a good clash and a, and a big ga- a big game against obviously um, a big Friday afternoon. A side with a very settled spine, the Rabbitohs, who are really firing. Mm. There has been talk, of course, Robbie, about Adam Reynolds and his contract extension. We're now hearing whispers of other clubs starting to circle. Is this the perfect time for the Rabbitohs to bed down that contract extension with their skipper while everything's coming up roses and it's not a distraction? Well, we said last week that it was a perfect audition for him coming up against a Rooster side that were in great form, against Luke Keary, who's one of the best halves in the competition. And Adam Reynolds produced on the night, you know, and he played well, and that's all he can keep doing. And I think if he continues to do that, well, then it's putting the pressure on Souths uh, to come up with a deal for him. And if, if they're not going to budge on their one-year offer, then I've got no doubt that there's going to be many options for him out there, um, you know, to, for a long-term contract. So, look, I think, you know, he's a, he's a professional um, kid, or I say kid, but he's a 30-odd <laughs> years old, but he's a professional player. Uh, he's obviously their captain. He, he's focused on his role week in, week out. And I know personally he's not going to let it be a distraction. I think the distraction is going to come from outside sources, uh, the media. The longer it goes on, it's going to continue to be talked about. But look, at the moment, the way they played last week is definitely not affecting the playing group. All right, let's head to Friday night and Amy Park, where we think we will see the footy played between the Storm and the Broncos. We will know for sure by noon on Wednesday. Let's look at the home side who welcome back their fullback Ryan Pappenhausen. So Nico Hines drops out of the 17. Forward Tom Eisenhuth was in doubt after suffering rib cartilage damage against Penrith, but he's been named. Nelson Asofa Solomona is back at lock with Tui Kamakamitha dropping back to the bench. Tyson Smoothie is in jersey 14. Kevy Walters, it was Craig Bellamy's assistant at the Storm from 2010 to 2013. He's well aware of the well-oiled machine the Broncos will be up against. Two big inclusions for Brisbane. Payne Haas returns from suspension for his first game of the season and Matt Lodge is back from a hamstring injury. Their returns mean Tom Flegler and Tavita Pangai Jr. drop back to the bench. Brody Croft and Anthony Milford keep their spots. There's no room at this stage for Tom Dearden in the 17. Gents, very unusual to see the Storm lose two in a row. Terrible for my tipping, just quietly. And probably a bit of a frightening prospect for the Broncos who meet them this weekend. It was interesting to hear Craig Bellamy say that those tough times will really be the making of this playing group across the course of the season. Yeah, I think so. I don't remember the last time Melbourne lost three in a row, to be honest. So it's a bit of, I guess, you know, foreign territory for them at the moment. So a, a bit of pressure going into this week's game, but I think they'll they'll respond. Obviously, a tough loss last week and a game they, you know, could have won at the death. Uh, and same with the week before against Parramatta. So they're not far off. I think they're just sort of missing a little bit of crispness in their game in, in key moments, you know, of the match. And we always said that was going to take time for them to adjust without. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, Cameron Smith, who hasn't, you know, he's been there for so long and, and now he's not there. So, look, I think that there's a bit of that, a few teething problems that are going to take some time, but I wouldn't be concerned and I think they'll come out and be at their best this weekend. They're up against the Broncos, who had to hightail it out of Brisbane as the city went into lockdown this week. Let's hear from Alex Glenn about how the squad is coping with those changes. It's, it's a sacrifice that we got to we got to make to keep the game alive. And, 
Um, I guess it's a little taste of what the Warriors went through last year. Um, I respect them for what they've done, um, being in their shoes firsthand now. So, um, yeah, I guess we're preparing for the worst. Um, but if we get back sooner, it's a, it's a bonus. Different conditions for the Broncos this week, that is for sure. They did break their 13-game losing streak last weekend. Kevy Walters' first W. What does that do for the side? Well, yeah, you're right. 259 days. I think they'd gone without winning a game of football. So singing a song would make the, the feeling <laughs> Not very... Not that they were counting. <laughs> Not that they were counting. Not that they were counting. <laughs> but, you know, and all of a sudden now they're getting some players back. There's a bit of excitement. Um, they're still under a fair bit of pressure. I look forward... I think they'll... They'll bounce into Melbourne this week. Um, I think it's a little mini camp for them. They've yeah. been away. As you said, it was a lockdown in Brisbane. They got out of there very quickly. You're playing the Melbourne Storm. We're showing, yeah. showing some vulnerability in some regards with the fact they've gone back-to-back losses. Uh, I look forward to the battle of the benches. Both, you know, you look at the, the Brisbane Broncos bench is a highly quality bench this this week. Big forward paddle, mm. um, you know. And as you said, Kevy was Craig Bellamy's assistant down there for a long time. I'm sure they're still best mates, and uh, it's a good test for the Broncos to see where actually they're at I, after winning last week, yeah. but playing against the Melbourne Storm, that'll be pretty disappointed. I actually think this is a perfect game for the Broncos because they've come off the win last week. The pressure's off. They're going into a game that no one expects yeah. them to win, so they've got nothing to lose. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know. The pressure off the shoulders last week of finally getting a win. They go down there, the shackles are off. They could, they, you know, they could cause the storm a bit of, you know, trouble. But whether they have the quality to do that or not, but I think they'll continue to grow after the win last week. I definitely think, you know, having got that monkey off their back, uh, they'll be better. Super Saturday kicks off with the Cronulla Sharks at home to the North Queensland Cowboys. 5.30pm kickoff. This one on at Sunshine Coast Stadium. Let's look at the home side. The Sharkies first. Skip, skipper Wade Graham and Will Kennedy have been named, but they'll both need to pass concussion protocols this week. Britton Nakora is out. He accepted a two-week ban for a shoulder charge. Teague Wilton comes into the second row. Sione Katoa is looking at four to six weeks on the sidelines with an MCL injury. So Marwene Hiroti will start on the wing and Braden Trindle moves onto the bench. Todd Payton has rung the changes for the Cowboys. A new centres pairing. Justin O'Neill is in. Isan Masters dropped. On the left, Connolly Lemueli, Lemuelu sorry, comes into the centres, forcing Hamaso Tabuai Fido to the wing. Michael Morgan is out with that shoulder issue, so utility Ben Hampton is in. But at halfback, with Jake Clifford dropped and Scott Drinkwater at 5'8". A new look second row, Shane Wright and Benjamin Condon get their chance, with Mitch Dunn dropped after missing nine tackles against the Titans and Cohen Hess moved to the bench. Josh Maguire is at lock with Ruben Cotter out after he failed that HIA on the weekend. Wow. Mm. Well, I take a breath. <laughs> Let's talk about your Sharkies yeah. first, yeah. shall we, Noddy? Because two seriously tough games in a row, one in the wet, one full of injuries. Yeah. As we head into round four, how knackered is that squad already this early in the season? Yeah, I, I think they'd be a little bit drained. I, I did work with Chad Townsend on Sunday and he said he was really sore after the game. Parramatta, a big physical team. They were only played with 13 players. So uh, recovery will be the big focus for the Sharks uh, for this week. I know they did a lot... Of, a lot more running in the off-season, so they're a lot fitter than they were uh, the last few years, which will probably hold hold them really good for this week. Um, at the moment, they're expected to travel to the Sunshine Coast on Thursday to do a lot of community stuff, which might be cancelled, so they might only they might have to go through a fly-in, fly-out, very similar yeah. effort to last year as well. So I think that'll, that'll unfold over the next few days for whatever their home game to the Sunshine Coast looks like. But, um, you know, as you said, they've had two tough losses. Um, they started the year off great, and, you know, you don't really want to 
go through having three losses in a row, especially not very early, because you start to get behind the ladder and it's a bit, it's very hard to catch up. One team who has had three losses in a row is their opposition, the Cowboys. You saw how many changes they have heading into this one. I feel like I've said ad nauseum. Todd Payton has had a really tough start to his coaching career up there. Is this time, Robbie, for the players to really buy in, take ownership and, and step up? Yeah, I think so. And, and Todd's obviously put him on notice and he said after the game that he wasn't afraid to make changes. And he definitely <laughs> sure won, done that. As you've seen there. And, uh, you know, and he hasn't discriminated. Some of their most key players as most senior players are gone. You know, Isar Masters, who's been around for, for a while, Jake Clifford, uh, Cohen Hess dropped to the bench as well. So, look, you know, he, he hasn't, you know, I guess, you know, pinpointed anyone. I think he's just across the board. He knows that they need to be better. Uh, he's trying to make changes up there in terms of their culture. And, look, he's trying to get a reaction this week. Well, they, they conceded 31 points on average. Like they've conceded 93 points in three matches. Like, there's no way you're going to win anywhere if, if that's your attitude and that, that comes down to it. And as, you know, they've got, they've got some... Individually, some of these players are superstars of the game. But obviously, they've got to get them to work as a team and defend as a team. And, and he's, he's rattling the cage. He's not, not afraid to make some decisions. And the players are clear about that themselves, though, aren't they? I mean, after this loss, Josh Maguire was really open. Mm. He was clearly hurting. Mm. He said that they've seen similarities for the last three years. Well, that, yeah. And again, it's a coach that's come in yeah. and he, he probably seen the change. He wants to make change. Yeah. It's actually really good for a rookie coach to come in and be firm enough and, and tough enough to make those decisions rather than... As time goes on, they, they, might, be, they might, might want to cuddle the players and they don't want to be as cranky yeah. as they want to be. Not cranky or disciplined well, as they are because of... You're not suggesting coaches are cranky. Well, no, no, everyone had a go in round one, <laughs> yeah. you know, having to go at Tamalolo. Yeah. But he obviously did that with a point. He knew things mm. needed to change. Mm. Uh, and they haven't changed. And look, if, you, if they keep doing what they've done for the last three years, they're going to keep getting what they've got. So yeah, he understands that it, there's going to be a process up there where you know, it's going to take some adjustment and things do need to change. But, look, he's poking the bear because he's got to try to get a reaction out of these players. Is this an opportunity for them? I'm going to ask you this one, Robbie. With the Sharkies on the road and injury hit themselves, is this an opportunity for the Cowboys? Definitely. You know, I think some of the... You know, looking back at my career, some of the best wins I've had are when your backs are against the wall and no-one gives you a chance. And, look, they're under a lot of pressure. I'm sure the, the media up there are... You know, getting stuck into them as well. So, look, they, they go there against the Sharks side down to Sunshine Coast and, you know, they've got to get together and, and rally a win. They're 0-3 they're to start the season. They lose this week. It's four losses on the trot and their season's slowly slipping away. So, look, there's no reason why they can't, you know, come up with a win this week because, as I said, under, under the pump sometimes you can pr produce your best performances. All right, let's head to Saturday night and the Gold Coast where the Gold Coast Titans will take on the Canberra Raiders, Raiders and the home side, one of the few teams with a one-line injury list at the moment. It's the same 17 for the Titans, but the late change last week is a listed change this week, so Tyrone Peachy starts at lock. Tina, Tino Fasuamala-Awi at prop. Mo Fodawaka on the bench and centre Brian Kelly named in jersey 21 after busting his hand in round one against the Broncos. Word is he's tracking pretty well. Could even be a late inclusion this week. Up against the Raiders side, another side who had a really tough round three injury-wise. Ricky Stewart has kept his side relatively stable. Sebastian Chris and Ryan James have been named. Will need to pass concussion protocols to play. No Curtis Scott because of a rib injury. So Chris would move back to the centre. Joe Tarpanay is also out with an ankle injury with Hudson Young returning to the second row. Dunamis Louie also comes back into the front row and Ryan Sutton shifts to lock. 
All right, the Titans racked up a record score against the Cowboys. We've just talked about how much the Cowboys have been hurting this season. From a Titans perspective, up against the Raiders, is this a chance for them to really show what they can do in 2021? Yeah, definitely. I think there's been a lot of hype on the on the Titans in the offseason. They bought very well. They've started reasonably well. Like the first week, they were pretty poor. Uh, mm. we, we can, you know criticism of David Fafita who was very quiet week one but he had a virus bits and pieces they finished the year off last year I think they won seven in a row uh, to finish uh, season 2020 look great I love how fit they look they play a great brand of football um, the coach is a very good coach and, the, and then on the back of that they made some big signings in the offseason so to get a scout like the Raiders will be good for them I think they'll get some belief from it uh, that they'll they'll then know what a tough arm wrestle grinding side of football is which is what the, the Canberra Raiders play every week. We saw AJ Brimson firing through so late 2020 when they oh. went on that run. We've seen it again to start this season. Do they, those things go hand in hand? AJ playing great footy, the Titans taking yeah. it to another level? Well, we saw their season sort of turn around last year when he came back from injury and they finished the year off with five straight wins. And mm. he's just an excitement machine. I love watching him play footy. He's, he's just a natural footballer. He pops up around the park. He, he's got that instinct where he's just always around the ball. And uh, it's awesome to watch, as Noddy said, I, I love the brand they play. Uh, they've had a couple of good wins, but against some of the lesser teams in the competition, obviously a win against the Broncos and the Cowboys. So, look, I think they they'll, would have circled this game you know, this week against a tough Raiders side just to see really where they're at. Because you know, whilst they've played some good footy in the last two weeks, these are one of the Premiership favourites this weekend, the Raiders. So, great test for the Titans. Speaking of tough, Ricky Stewart said that was one of the toughest performances, most resilient performances he'd ever seen from his side. Is that a time in that post-game interview with a where a coach with the nous of Ricky Stewart, for example, knows it's a time to really build up the players, pump up those tyres ahead of another really tough week? Yeah, and, and I'm sure they would have been disappointed with the loss. You know, they obviously led against the Warriors and, and even Roger Tovasashek's try-saving tackle mm. on, on Jordan Rupp was pretty freakish. So I think he's got to, he keeps giving credit to his players. They turn up, they try hard. He's, he's created a wonderful culture down there. From when he's taken over, I think it was in 2014, um, to where they are now, um, great roster. As you said, premiership favourites or one of the premiership favourites. They play tough. Um, great forward pack so you know he's, he's, he's rewarding his side um, I'm sure they'd be giving him a little bit of coaching and say hey let's not give up these leads anymore either there'd be a little bit of internally education on the loss but obviously yeah you certainly got to praise the players they were very courageous on the weekend Big clash for them this weekend. Let's head to Easter Sunday. Do you guys partake in the chocolates Easter Sunday oh, yeah. these days? Oh, yeah. Now you're retired. Oh, yeah. Big change. Yeah. What do you mean retired? It happened when we played. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know whether Newcastle Knights and the St George Illawarra Dragons will be doing that on Sunday morning. What we do know is that 4.05pm Sunday Arvo, they'll be kicking off at McDonald Jones Stadium. The Knights looking to bounce back after a disappointing performance last weekend against the Tigers. Startoa is on the right wing. Gemet Shibasaki is shifted from the wing back to the more familiar left centre position for him with Dom Young dropping out of the 17. 5'8", Blake Green is on the bench looking to make his comeback from the knee injury he sustained last season just three games into his Knights career. So Brody Jones drops back to 18th man. Adam O'Brien has named both Jacob Saifidi and Mitch Barnett who had been in doubt with leg and calf injuries from the weekend. The visitors, skipper Ben Hunt is out with a fractured fibula, so Adam Clune comes in, back where he spent 15 games last season. Jack Bird suspended, he'll be back next week. Braden Vuliami moves into the starting side and Jackson Ford comes onto the bench. 
Now, the Knights have made some changes to their back line. Robbie, your Tigers absolutely exploited them last weekend. Luke Brooks with the high ball mm. had the Knights scurrying. What do these changes that we see this weekend, what do they do, especially under the high ball and defensively for the Knights? Well, I think what the Knights let themselves down last week was just their errors. Yeah, the amount of errors in a game, doesn't matter who you're playing, doesn't matter whether you've got your full-strength side out there or an understrength side like that. They had a few changes on the weekend. Braden and Best was out. Young Dominic Young yeah. came into the side. And there were a few changes in the back line. But that, that doesn't mean that you go out there and make you know, a dozen errors. In, I think in the first half they had close to you know, double digits. I, I think it errors. finished 18-6 so, in the error tally. Yeah, so, so you're never going to win a game of football with that amount of errors. So whether it was they were playing the Tigers or whether they were playing the Rabbitohs or the, or the Storm, it wouldn't have mattered. They gave themselves no chance. So going out there this week, I think that's going to be the key for them. You know, they've got to get back to completing high, doing the basics right to give themselves a chance. Adam like, O'Brien last year, sorry, Adam O'Brien was very critical of his side for their inconsistency. They, they would, they'd win two or three games or two in a row, yeah. then have one really bad performance. And I would have thought, he would have thought, I reckon, Mitchell Pearce is surrounded with the game. They'll be up for the clash. I, yeah. I don't have to motivate them this week. They'll be ready. And it just looked like they thought they were playing the West Tigers who weren't going to turn up and... Just roll through it. I thought they were pretty poor, Newcastle. Blake Green back mm. on the bench as he looks to make his comeback. When you look at the problems with consistency, that's a player you want back in your side. Yeah, and Blake Green, he's a very consistent player, manages the game plan well. As you said, he's, just, he's one of the, the five co-captains they've got up there. Um, and obviously, as you said, they, they'll probably get Bradman Best back in a couple of weeks. And Caelan Ponga, I think, is due about round five. So uh, then they're at full strength. So it's the teething act. It's a, mm. The closeness of this competition means if you're just a little bit off or you make those 18 mistakes to six, you're going to get beaten. And the Tigers were good enough to, to take him on that opportunity. So, you know, Sia Fidi was great for him last week. Uh, Mitch Barnett was good for him. They had a couple of individuals, but collectively as a yeah. team, they just let themselves down with the, with the mistakes. Where do you think they inject Blake Green into the game, off the bench? Well, I don't know. He'll you, yeah. obviously play a little bit of 5'8", or he yeah. might play a little bit of dummy half. So it's, it's an unusual one. because yeah. He's yeah. not really an impact player, is he? Like, no. you, you think a Blake Green would be starting the game in terms of his game management, but would, I just can't see how he can affect the game in you know, 15 or 20 minutes if, if that's all he's going to get. And Connor Watson has, has been in number 13 for the last two weeks and swapped with Suasa Su. Suasa Su starts. Yeah. So if they end up having Connor Watson and Blake Green both on the bench, you sort of think, well, that's a Small bit of a bench, weird, yeah. weird team changes. Can you tell me why they keep doing that? Because they've done that on their team sheet every single game so far this season. I can understand once there's the element of surprise, but four rounds in? I don't know. Jersey size, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jersey size. Jersey size. 14, the 14 doesn't fit. <laughs> yeah, so. Looking at the Dragon side that they're up against, we know Ben Hunt is out. It is a contract year for Corey Norman. How does he step into this role without Ben Hunt alongside him and with yeah. Adam Clune back in the halves? Well, contract year or not, yeah, he's a senior player now and, and he's their main playmaker. Adam Clune's still a rookie, so to speak. Obviously, last year was his first year in the NRL and... Yeah, Corey Norman needs to step up as a senior player and a leader of this side and, and take this team by the scruff of the neck this weekend. So, yeah, he's been in good form the last couple of weeks, Corey Norman, and now he's got to take his game to the next level without Ben Hunt. Yeah, they, he didn't play week one, and the week one was the, the loss against the Sharks. Then he goes on and plays week two and week three, and their attack's been great. You know, so, And obviously, you know, Andrew McCulloch's got a good kicking game, as you said. Adam Clune was great from last year. He managed the side, he was calm, he makes his tackles. Um, as you said, the combination with uh, McCulloch and Ben Hunt um, seems to be something that the, the coach has gone with and we, we thought it was a bit weird but it's been working for the last two weeks so you're right uh, you know and Jack Bird last week was really good for him as well I thought he was outstanding mm. back in the, in, in the centre position but so those two players missing so literally I would think they'll go against Newcastle and go you know what we play good 
We're a great chance of winning. There's no fear about playing Newcastle this weekend from what Newcastle or and how good the Dragons have done the last two weeks. Let's head to Sunday evening and the SCG where the Sydney Roosters will host the New Zealand Warriors. 6.15pm kickoff. We know the home side, decimated by injuries, had to seek an exemption this week to bring two New South Wales Cup players up into the squad as they only had 19 fit players available for selection. Highly rated teenage talent Sam Walker will make his debut alongside Drew Hutchison in the halves with Luke Keary and Lachlan Lamb both sidelined. There's one big name back. Victor Radley named at lock and Isaac Liu moves to prop with Lindsay Collins ruled out. Matthew Ikuvalu and Nat Butcher come onto the bench and in jersey number 20, Joseph Suwali. Although it's unlikely we'll see his debut with the depth that the Roosters have in the outside backs. Up against the Warriors and just the one out for the Warriors. Peter Hiku ruled out with a knee injury so Marcelo Montoya comes in at centre. Slight rejig in the second row with Bailey Sirenen named to start after coming off the bench in jersey 12 last weekend. Torhu Harris has moved to lock after starting in the second row against the Raiders and Jazz Tavaga back to the bench. Sam Walker, we know massive raps on the guy. He's been in great form for New South Wales Cup. Obviously, starting in a new halves partnership is not ideal. What are you expecting from him, Noddy? And for a young fella to be playing and expected to play that full 80 minutes at NRL level from the get-go? actually expect a fair bit from him. I think he's the, he's the best young halfback in the country. He's been signed from the Roosters at the age of 16. He's only 18. He's done a two-year apprenticeship under Cooper Cronk. They've gone out and, and, and bought him, played in Queensland under 16s. Uh, a, a very talented player. So I, I actually thought he'd really be pushing to play in the halves with Luke Keary at the start of the season. Uh, that didn't happen, obviously, because they picked Liam for the first few weeks. But I, I think Sam Walker will go great. He'll handle it very well. He's only a slight frame, mm. um, so he's going to have to make some tackles for some big humans. I'll test him out, definitely. Yeah, I think that's uh, going to be the, the, the challenge yeah. for him. I think defensively it's yeah. going to be a tough effort against the big Warriors side. Well, speaking of that big Warriors side, they got a win against Canberra and a tough win last weekend. How important are victories like that, nicking the two points almost, a game that they wouldn't have necessarily banked pre-season for Nathan Brown in his first year well, as coach? We said that all about the Warriors last year. They almost turned a corner and they started to play for the full 80 minutes mm. consistently, week in, week out. And it wasn't something we've really seen from the Warriors for a few years. And Look, in the past, this is a game where the Warriors were down by 20-odd points. I think the score at one time was 31-10 or whatever it may be. And that was a game they'd lose by 50, yeah. you know, if you're being honest, in the past. But the resilience they're showing, that they look like they're a real close-knit group and they're just fighting for each other. The desperation at the end of the game by you know, their leader and captain yeah. in Roger Tuovasashek, I think, epitomises what they're about this year. And I think as a coach, Nathan, Nathan Brown would be very proud of them. All right, let's head to the traditional Easter Monday clash with the West's Tigers up against the Parramatta Eels. Four o'clock kickoff. The home side pretty much as per program. Only one change to report, and it's a jersey swap. Moses Embai moves into jersey 14, and Joe Offahengawi retains his interchange spot in jersey 17. For the visitors, Mitch Moses has been named, but he'll have to undergo concussion protocols this week after failing that HIA. Ryan Madison back after a precautionary week off following concussion himself. So is Isaiah Papali'i moves to the bench and Keegan Hipgrave drops out of the 17. Robbie, Adam Dewey makes such a difference for the Tigers in the halves, doesn't he? Especially with ball in hand. I thought he was the standout last weekend. How important and how crucial is his role in this side, taking a bit of pressure off Luke Brooks to be the creator of all things? Yeah, definitely. Obviously trained there all summer and 
Uh, it's a position he's wanted for a long time. He, he played fullback for a couple of years there at the Bunnies and, and when he moved to the Tigers, but he's always seen himself as a number six and he's got the opportunity now with, with Benji having moved on at the end of the last season and look, he's really keen to make a, a, a good fist of it. I, I know as, he's a real determined kid, he's working hard and uh, he's, he's a really good talker as well and I think that's probably something where obviously with Luke there who's probably not as big a talker, Having Adam next to him, I think, yeah, is a real good foil for, for Luke Brooks, and they seem to complement each other a lot. So, you know, there's some really good signs on the weekend. I thought Luke Brooks's game was outstanding, considering the amount of pressure he was under from his performance a week before. So he really stood up and responded. Yeah, Adam had a really good game. The challenge now for the Tigers halves and the Tigers team is to back it up with another consistent performance this weekend. That was Luke Brooks' best game for 18 months, not just this year. That He was consistent, he was yeah. calm, his kicking game was perfect, he made his tackles, um, he ran the ball. Um, and as you said, it, it might be finding that halves combination that works really well. And Adam Dewey is a, a big running 5'8", mm. but he's, if he's a good communicator, because if you can get that from Luke Brooks every week, that's mm. what you want. He's been, I was critical of him the first... Two weeks, he's been really poor. Short kicking game's been horrible and looks like he just makes it up. But that was great from Luke Brooks last week. And, and maybe they found the combination that works with him. What about the Eels halves then? Because we know they'll be keeping a close eye on Mitch Moses this yeah. week. The nine-day turnaround is handy for him, of course, as he tries to overcome that concussion. I felt like when he left the field last week, it was Gutho who really stood up and led the attack for the rest of the game. If Mitch Moses can't back up on Monday. Who are you looking to, to really lead the attack for this side? Well, I, I think you're right. Guffo just comes with all that energy, plays over the advantage line, quick play, the ball, jumps in the dummy half. If it's not Clint Gutherson, it's Reid Marnie. You know, I, I think both those guys can certainly control the game. Uh, they'll control the kicking game uh, and, and, and manage all that. You're right. You'd, you'd expect Mitchell Moses to play after the nine-day turnaround. He seemed like he was pretty fine watching the game from the sideline on Saturday night at Bank West, so uh, you'd expect him to play. Um, it's a good clash. It's obviously the local derby. It's a big clash. The Tigers come off a great victory. They, it's going to be a really tough game of football. And, and Parramatta have had a couple of weeks now where they've been in those really tough, tight arm wrestles and got away with them at the end. So what's to say that Parramatta won't be a little bit fatigued as well? Awesome way to round out mm -hmm. Easter weekend, that is for sure. You don't need to miss a moment of the action. It kicks off on Thursday night and you can see it on Channel 9, on Fox Sports, on KO Sport, on Sky Sports New Zealand and on Watch NRL for our international viewers. Now, gents, with all of the changes, COVID-related, bubble-related, 18th man-related, you got away with your predictions Ooh, from last yes. week. Both were wrong, I might add. However... We've got no evidence of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wasn't wrong. I wasn't wrong. I just said, well, it just means now that the Bulldogs are going to win the ones. I yeah. know, oh, none from eight. Yes, so yes. None from eight. You, I, I feel like you've asked for this, Noddy. We do actually have some oh. evidence. Let's go to those predictions from last <laughs> week. I'm going to go with what we said. I think the loser of the Broncos-Bulldogs game will be none from eight mm. to start the season. So we can re revisit it in five weeks' time. Eight tries will be scored from the dummy halves this weekend. Ooh. I don't know what eight. 16 teams. Out of the eight matches, there'll be eight tries from dummy halves. <laughs> One. One. I don't, why was mine wrong? Yours is easy. Correct. Yours was wrong. Play. Mine's still in play. Five more weeks. You were sitting on the fence, and we just oh, weren't accepting uh, that. You shouldn't. We shouldn't ask for evidence. <laughs> what about coming out of round four? What's your prediction? Well, I'm going to double down on the Bulldogs, and I'm going yeah. to say I think the Rabbitohs will, will rack up 50 against them this oh. week. Are you just points. are you just going to continue with this for the next eight weeks? No, I just think uh, no Josh Jackson, you know, no Jeremy Marshall yeah. King. I can't see where they're going to score points from, and the Rabbitohs are just red hot at the moment.
Noddy? I think I'm, I'm agreeing. Manly Dogs and Cowboys will remain winless. But I'm going to say Luke Brooks will kick a furl goal on Easter Monday to seal victory for the Tigers. We love that one. Wow-wee. Yeah. Yes. You're, you're agreeing with him and you're throwing him We're a bone in terms agree. of a Tigers yeah. win. Both agree yes. with each other's yeah. predictions. There you go. Easter spirit is absolutely <laughs> right here on the desk. I absolutely love it. And I also predict it. I'm going to eat a ton of chocolate. <laughs> a ton of chocolate this weekend. Well, you're doing an Easter egg hunt with the kids on Sunday, so I'm, I'll push them out of the way yeah. and I'll... <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. Great to see you both. Enjoy the footy this Easter weekend. You too. We hope you enjoy the footy this Easter weekend as well. It is so great to have your company today and we can't wait to see you again next Tuesday right here on NRL Teams.